Hey everybody, you're listening to What's Your Number? The chronicles of two well-traveled women as told through sexual experiences. I'm Olivia and I'm in Barcelona. And I'm Mariah recording from Boston. This is the podcast where we tell each other the story of every person we've ever slept with, starting with number one. Okay, so we are here for another installment of What's Your Number? This time we're hearing from Mariah. It's number 19. We're almost not teenagers anymore. Hard to believe. I know, right? Well, I guess, I mean, oh, you mean like as far as numbers (laughs) goes? I was like, well, actually, Olivia, um, I believe I'm the ripe old age of 24 in this episode. Um, <laughs> For sure. Yeah, it makes no sense. But it's like, I feel it feels momentous to come to the end of another 10 of these. I don't know why. Like, <laughs> Yeah, no, it does. It's like my our sex lives are like almost old enough to drink. Yeah, really. exactly. <laughs> right. They obviously yeah. started drinking when they were like 14. but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just like us, but... <laughs> Um, (laughs) um, yeah, so I mean, today's episode is, or today's story is definitely a classic of the genre. It's a typical, we had so much in common -er. Um, classic, but I was kind of thinking about it. And I think for me, I may, I may eat my words. Um, you probably have a better memory of it than I do, but, um, I think (laughs) it might be the first of its kind, at least for adult Mariah. Like, um, you have so much in common -er. Well, I mean, I guess they all kind of were like we had so much in common, but um, this one in particular was it was a classic. We had so much in common, but like it was just like, nah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, because I feel like we we only say that when in the end, you know, when it's like something that we get a little bit carried away with. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to see. Um, I'll let you know if this is. <laughs> be the judge of if this was a too much in commoner yeah I mean this one was like a special (laughs) breed of too much in commoner I would say okay okay yeah a special breed we can typify him at the end but um (laughs) okay the last I'll be taking notes yeah exactly like yeah whatever I'm getting ahead of myself um the last time you guys heard from me I was barreling down the interstate in my little black Toyota Yaris um filled with most of my belongings at the time, or at least all the belongings I had accrued while I was living in Portland for a year and a half. And, um, yeah, I was headed back home to Montana to make a new life for myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I remember feeling like it was definitely the first time in my life that the future had kind of felt so completely open and uncertain. Um, like I just had no clue what I was going to be doing in the next couple of months. Um, which is honestly kind of a mindset I've embraced since then, uh, to yeah. a fairly large degree, but it was the first time I'd really had that feeling and it definitely felt good. Um, it felt exciting. Um, yeah. but it also felt very like kind of almost nostalgic and like bittersweet, you know, it felt 
it felt like a milestone or like, you know, it felt like something was happening in my life. Mm -hmm. Like there was a shift taking place. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Something afoot. Exactly. So my first stop to my new life was actually in my old life, um, which a place called Missoula, which if you're a longtime <laughs> listener, um, this place will probably sound familiar to you. Um, and <laughs> you I, probably never want to go. It's actually quite nice. <laughs> it's actually quite nice. Yeah. Especially if you go during, you know, a, between the months of like June and September. Yeah. Um, I highly recommend. <laughs> um, so my first stop home, um, I was basically the reason I was there was visiting. I was a uh, house sitting for my brother and sister-in-law and just kind of like, you know, visiting my family, I guess. Um, and it was still really nice and warm out. Cause it was like mid September. It was kind of perfect out vibes were high. Like people were sometimes with summer in, in Missoula, like the weather's nice, but there's, there are like less crowds and stuff or like there's mm-hmm. less like pe- young people in town because college isn't happening. Um, right. But like there's more like I feel like fall time, there's a lot of energy, fall and spring. And there definitely was a lot of energy. And yeah, like it it was still sunny. So I wasn't in, you know, it wasn't it didn't instantly throw me into a deep, dark depression. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't have to wallow at the bottom of the lake. Exactly. So I met up with a friend who I had never really had a flirtation with. Um, He was a guy. Um, but of course I think we went out for some drinks and went, we attended some sort of like a little party or something. I forget what was happening, but it was at, at a bar and, um, he instantly started flirting with me. I wasn't really sure like what was happening, but it suddenly really felt like ever since I left Alaska, like it felt like I was just suddenly getting a lot more attention from guys. And, you know, I, yeah, it was kind of like, it was sort of like a new thing. It wasn't like I hadn't had attention before, but now it kind of felt like anybody that I like flirted with was like sort of into me a little bit. I mean, that's nice. It's like an exaggeration, <laughs> but it just, I feel like this probably happens for a lot of like women of this age. You know, you're like a hot commodity at this age. Um, yeah. But you think so those mid twents. Yeah. That's probably true. I, I think that, I was like a bit of a late bloomer in the sense that it just, it, I mean, I think I've said this before. It took me a while to like come into my own, but not only that, I think I just seemed really young until I was mm. like the age of like 24 or 25. I think that's when I kind of started to feel like, okay, I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So, um, yeah. So I think we made out that night, but I was kind of like, nah, wait up, whatever. Um, he stayed the night, but I had him like sleep in a different room and I kind of woke up like wanting him to leave. I think I even wrote a poem about it. Um, (laughs) I, I actually, so this was like a very prolific time for me in my poetry writing. Um, and I will hold back from like reading you all of it because it really just captures, (laughs) captures the feeling. Don't Um, hold back. I love it so much. (laughs) Well, I think like one thing I'd kind of been processing was just, I guess, I think like I was processing that womanhood feeling of, of being like wanted by men. And then also just the whole hospitality gal thing. I wrote like a poem about that. Um, and so, yeah, I was just prom, prom, uh, promising, (laughs) processing, processing that whole experience because there really is so much that just goes into that. You know, it's like you have your own sexuality, but then sometimes you feel objectified and sometimes, you know, um, that bothers you, but then sometimes you're like, sure, 
you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's a poem right there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, it was, it was an interesting time. Um, meanwhile, I'm still tending my little heart out. Um, mm. <laughs> I'm, I spend a Missoula couple days. Tinder. Exactly. I spend a couple days in Missoula. I don't remember exactly how long, maybe like a week. And, um, I matched with a guy who was like a few years older than me who was attending grad school in Missoula. And this was really appealing to me because I was like, great, like fresh face, you know, not somebody I went to college with. Um, right. Like it, it kind of, I think, um, a, a feeling I was really conscious of was like wanting to have, wanting to experience Montana as if it was like a new place to me hmm. and, and kind of come in like, you know, with fresh, fresh feelings um, in this new phase in life, especially. So it was like, it was refreshing to see somebody who was like completely new, had no background in Montana, was like a transplant, you know, from a different state. Um, he seemed smart. Um, he was in a, he was in a pretty, um, I guess, I don't know, like demanding grad program. And so of course I was in, um, (laughs) we decided to meet up to go for a hike and I, remember writing a poem about this one too um amazing (laughs) I'm loving it I I like I instantly I had the feeling like he he was like the kind of guy who when you look at his like profile you're like oh check 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 you know Mm, like there's a lot on paper yeah really good on paper but when we were hanging out I wasn't like oh my god I'm so into you you know so I think I kind of probably knew instinctually that I was like not that into it but I liked him as a person. Yeah. Very confusing things for, I mean, really not that confusing, but like, I think at the time, like I just, I had a hard time like drawing this distinction, you know? Right. Well. Yeah. Like um, friend vibes versus like romantic vibes or like the, there wasn't like a spark there, but. It wasn't that I was like not into him. I think I just wasn't as into him as he was into me. Gotcha. Yeah. But I think like very much my like MO was like hang around and just kind of see where it takes me. Yeah. Um, and just kind of feel it out and like see what happens. But I think I like later realized that, you know, yeah, you should it's better to kind of like be clear about your feelings and intentions than than to just, you know, you hanging around implies that you're interested. Sure. Right. I mean, which I wasn't, I wasn't not interested. I just, I wasn't, I think if it were now, I would be like, okay, I'm not that into him, you know? But at the time I was like, I don't know. Maybe I will be tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm interested in seeing where this goes, I guess. Like <laughs> in that, I guess I'm, I'm not, not interested. That's yeah. <laughs> probably the best way to explain it. So yeah. So, you know, we stayed in touch. Um, as I, we didn't like hook up or anything. Um, it was just like a day hang. And then we stayed in touch as I, you know, moved into my parents' cabin and started my film internship. Um, amazing. The film internship turned out to be slightly underwhelming. Um, and that the company was like very small and kind of just wanted like some clerical support is sort of what it felt like. Um, but you know, it ended up being like, it, it did ultimately a couple, like a year or two later, like culminate in me getting to work on a project, um, like an actual film project. But in this particular moment, it wasn't exactly like the hands-on experience that I would been, that I'd been hoping for. Um, yeah, but the people were nice. So 
that's kind of all I'll, all I really need to say about that. Um, moving into the cabin was actually an amazing feeling though. So my parents' cabin is, it was like, it was brand new at the time. So it was, it's like a really nice cozy. It's not, I don't even know if I'd say cozy cause it has like really tall ceilings, like tons of windows. Like it's a beautiful place. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so, and I got to live there like all by myself. I was the first person who like ever lived there. Um, awesome. and so, and I'd never lived by myself before. So it just like, I just remember uh, walking yeah. in and being like, oh my God, I got like all this space to myself to just let, you know, to just kind of be exactly who I am uninfluenced by mm-hmm. my surroundings. I think I really needed that. You know, I think I, I really needed to just feel like, just feel like I could spread out a little bit. Yeah. That's how I felt living at my professor's house after living in dorm rooms with strangers yeah and like less strangers for like I don't know a year or something it's like oh, oh my god the I first night I spent alone I was kind of just like I felt so weird I was like what is this weird feeling and I was like oh yeah there's no one in the room with me like that feels right. so strange I know it does feel strange and it's like I don't know I think it's it's a whole new um living experience like I kind of feel bad for people who've like never had the chance to experience that before like living with a partner or whatever you know Mm -hmm. um I I think it's just like really important um to kind of figure out like what you want and like what your preferences are and I think like yeah it's so at least for me I'm a people person um maybe even have some like people pleasing tendencies at times and I think it was just really important for me to experience myself like uninfluenced by other people. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as it was very exciting, but it was also hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, because yeah, you're all by yourself. And I was like, so my parents' cabin is, I didn't really explain like where it is, but um, Bozeman is kind of the, the town where the film internship was. I grew up in another small town, 30 minutes away from that. And then my parents' cabin is in a very small town, essentially like in the country. So I was like not close to other people by right. any means. Um, and I saw my parents, but like, I didn't, you know, I, I saw high school friends, but I didn't like have, you know, I wasn't, I'd never lived so far from people either. Like I never, right. You weren't just living alone. You were living like alone in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) Yeah. Essentially, essentially. Um, so I also knew that I needed to generate some income, um, because the film internship was unpaid. So I started reaching out to some like local marketing companies offering my freelance copywriting services. And, you know, I got something, some interest, um, but nothing super concrete, like right away. Um, and so I think I was like doing a lot of just like, okay, like what am I going to do? Well, now's my time to like make it work, you know? Um, and I started thinking about these like basically two big questions, which were, you know, what am I doing with my life? And then how does someone start a podcast? Cause that was like my main goal at the time. Um, yeah. even though I knew, okay, I'm going to need some income as well. So I think I just had a lot of question marks. Um, and yeah, um, it got overwhelming, I think pretty quickly. I definitely remember having a lot of anxiety at times, but it was also really fun. Um, I 
really leaned into exploring my interests. I bought a DSLR camera because I decided I need to document the journey. I mean, the podcast, my first podcast was actually supposed to have um, like a video component, which is just LOL when you think about how much work (laughs) goes into it. Um, And I wanted to actually, I really wanted to like travel around the country like the, the kind of the plan, the vision I had for the podcast was travel around the country, interview millennials and about this question, like how do they find meaning or what do they consider meaningful? Um, and also like have like a video, like multimedia component to it. Amazing. Um, which, you know, I would pe- fund it. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, people totally do it. It's just you have to be into social media and that's a whole different story. But (laughs) (laughs) I definitely saw it as more of like an artistic endeavor that of something that like I wanted to be great, you know, as opposed to I want to like get likes. And so it was really hard to like strike that boundary um, between creating something. I mean, you know, my background is, I, I sound kind of stuck up saying that, but like my background was creative writing and like poetry. So craft was very important to me um and this was before people really listened to podcasts this was before like the podcast boom Um, yeah I would say like a year or two before Um, yeah you were an early adopter I was an early adopter so a lot of people around this time like when I tell them about my podcast they were like what's a podcast (laughs) yeah that's my life in Europe but that's a whole other story (laughs) (laughs) oh my god hilarious I love it um, yeah. So anyway, and when all this was going on, you know, I kept in touch with Tinder guy, AKA number 19. Um, and yeah, I Tinder would, I would, <laughs> my, kind of my main social outlet, like my, what I felt the most, I guess, rewarded by, uh, socially was going back to Missoula and like seeing friends, other activities involved going and seeing my brother's band play. And then also part of this was visiting Tinder guy number 19. Oh, so yeah, we kind of kept in touch. It was casual. Like he invited me to a Halloween party that his grad school friends were having. Um, and of course I said, yes, I think I wore like some, I think I put like some bunny ears on and (laughs) had like a crop top and some like flowy pants. It was, I don't know. It was like, yeah, (laughs) it was so dumb. Um, (laughs) but yeah, it was like a playboy bunny, but not, um, (laughs) um yeah and like I I really liked number 19 as a person a lot um but I thought I I really tried to like make it clear to him that like I wasn't looking for anything serious because you know I was like capital F cap like finding finding myself capital F capital M yeah um, in the process (laughs) of of doing that and you know he totally got it quote unquote um and I think he was like you know, a lot of people I would run into and like tell them what I was doing. They like thought it was cool and they found it inspiring. I would find, especially guys like would be like, oh, cool. Like that's inspiring. You're doing your own thing or whatever. Um, so I think he like, yeah, quote unquote got it. But I think he sort of got, I think he thought <laughs> that it would like turn into something naturally or maybe right. I was just sending him some mixing signals. Who knows? Um, Both yeah, things are I, possible. Not mutually yeah. exclusive. I thought that like, as long as I told him I wasn't like into a relationship, like I could kind of act however I wanted. Yeah. I think that's a common assumption. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, yeah. So a few months later, when I moved back to Missoula, spoiler alert, um, <laughs> I decided that I needed to. It. Yes, exactly. I decided I needed to kind of like end things with number nineteen. Ooh, yeah. That's because gotta I was, be rough. <laughs> I was just like, this isn't. No, it's not really going. I mean, I just kind of felt like we were like hanging out, but I think he thought we were like pursuing a relationship, kind of. I don't know. Yeah. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I just kind of felt like it's going to be harder to keep things casual if we live in the same city. And I think I just had also hit the realization that like I'd explored it as far as I like needed to, to fully know that I didn't see this going anywhere. Yeah. Um, fair enough. To be totally fair to me, because I think I had moments of being like, oh, maybe, yeah, maybe I am into it, whatever. Um, and yeah, so he was definitely hurt, understandably. And this was like the first taste of being a fuck a fuck boy basically like I from the other side yeah <laughs> I mean I didn't say that I was kind of a fuck boy to number five too let's be fair but um at times I mean that's a whole <laughs> it's a whole I mean I did tell that's... him I was like I did tell him I want an open relationship after he moved like I did tell him you know, remember he moved to Montana and then I oh, said, yeah. I'm going abroad and I want an open relationship. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so I feel like that's a little bit of fuck boy behavior, but, um, yeah. He was I, also your true love. So it was confusing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I was like, well, we're meant to be. So what's the big deal? <laughs> um, yeah. So I think I still don't really know if like how I acted in the whole situation with number 19 was like wrong. Cause like, I feel like I was just kind of figuring things out. Like I truly like had no poor intentions. Would I do the same thing again? No. Um, but you know, I had tried to express clearly, I'm not interested in a relationship and he's like, yeah, let's keep talking and hooking up. So I, I can't yeah. like, you know, I can't advocate for both people in the situation, you know? No, definitely not. And, you know, he's an adult. It would almost be infantilizing for me to be like, well, you can't handle this. You know, maybe he can, maybe <laughs> whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. But I, I kind of, so I kind of knew it would end. Um, a coda to the story is that years later I was texting, like we're talking uh, how many years later? We're talking five years later. Um, I was texting a friend of mine who had the same exact name and then I accidentally sent a text to number 19 Uh and we kind of just, I think I actually did it twice. Uh, It's kind of funny. I was like, Oh, sorry. And then like a day later, for some reason I was like, Hey, what's up X, you know, and insert name here. And I Mm -hmm. like again, mixed it up. And then we kind of exchanged like a witty friendly banter and like, I could kind of like sense his like wariness about you know just about talking to me he was definitely like super friendly but he was like it was like almost like a little flirtatious um I don't know but like but like also kind of like guarded I would say Mm -hmm. um so I think the gist of this is I'm just not really sure how I went down in his book like am I a villain am I not (laughs) I mean, we're all villain in somebody else's love story for sure. I mean, right. Hard to avoid that. I know. Right. And yeah, I mean, I think I was very like wide eyed and innocent in this phase of this whole phase of my life, because I think I very much like the people I hooked up with, like I wanted to be friends with them. Yeah. 
and I like wanted to like be like, yay, we're friends who are hooking up almost kind of like, but like we can still have a meaningful connection almost kind of like maybe kind of like your number 18 a little bit. Um, who is my number 18? <laughs> Book guy. Oh, book guy. Yeah, number 17. Oh, yeah. 17, sorry. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, maybe kind of like that. I don't know, but... Yeah, yeah, maybe, for maybe. sure. Maybe. Um, but then you're yeah. like, no. Yeah, kind <laughs> of. I mean, I, I feel like I just was like, let's be friends. And by the way, I don't want a relationship, but I'm going to be really, like, open and connect with you and, like, you know, that whole thing. Yeah, um, I mean, classic which, Venus in Gemini. It, like, it's very true, but not everyone's like that. I think some people have like better boundaries regarding that, or maybe I shouldn't say better, but just different. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it just depends on like, and other people are in different places and they're like, I mean, it sounds like he wanted a relationship. Right. Yeah. You're right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, hmm. and uh, <laughs> meanwhile, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wish him well. He's married now. Cool. Um, he found that relationship. Yeah, he seems quite happy. Meanwhile, of course, um, I'm still in my parents' cabin. You know, I'm starting to one. I'm starting. It's starting to be cold and um, become winter, and you know, get extremely dark out, Montana. Yeah. And I'm spending a lot of time thinking about two people: number sixteen and number five, of course, because yeah, it just doesn't go away for a while. Um, <laughs> So one night I called number 16 and we, we kind of chatted and, um, I didn't call him a lot cause again, he had healthy boundaries, but in this particular case, I, I just remember calling him. I was starting to feel kind of lost. I would say I, I was starting to feel a little overwhelmed and a little yeah. overwhelmed and a little just like, you know, I think I kind of was starting to feel like I didn't fit in anywhere. Yeah. Um, maybe not even socially, but just like geographically like I was like where do I go you know right um for like sure. I have like you know great friendships and stuff like that but it's just like and I think I still struggle with this a lot to this day of just where is a place where I can feel fulfilled and and like I want to build a community here and like this is worth inv- like a place where I want to invest um yeah. but and then also that stimulates me enough and like stays interesting yeah. Um, and isn't too cold and dark. That isn't too cold and dark. Exactly. Um, and so I think I just, you know, I think I just like ne- probably needed like a little support and like we had like a really nice conversation and, you know, he was just like really supportive. We talked about the podcast and of course, if you haven't heard previous episodes, he introduced me to podcasts. So, um, yeah. And I could like, I could hear him doing dishes in the background and it kind of transported me back to our lives. And, um, it felt so good to be like comforted by him and to feel this connection to a previous life I had and to be reminded of the safe space we shared. It wasn't, it was like a little sad, but it was like also extremely beautiful and like poignant. Um, Hmm. it was kind of like this like wistful beauty to it. Um, and this sound became the inspiration for the first episode of the millennial search for meaning, which is what I decided to call my podcast. And it really felt like it captured like this in between feeling of being in your early twenties, a 20 something trying to figure it out, um, that I wanted to capture. Hmm. That's so cool. Of of doing dishes. That was like part of your first episode. 
Yeah, I think like, I, th- I guess more more so what it captured, what what that episode talked about was like me leaving everything behind. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, and, and being like, I want more in my life mm-hmm. than, yeah. than what I'd had. Right. Um, yeah, and I don't know if, I feel like I like had no choice in that matter, you know? Like, I, so I don't know if it's like, if it was like me pursuing meaning or if it was just like things not working out <laughs> in that previous <laughs> life, you know? Yeah. Um, but I chose to see it as the former. Fair enough. For sure. And it's your I was, podcast. <laughs> it, exactly. Exactly. You get to narrate that shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You get it. You get to, you get to own your story. And yeah, I mean, it, I also kind of felt like at that time I was like, I need to see the story through. And I saw stories everywhere. Like everything was mm. a narrative. I was like, I have to understand the narrative. I think I learned Amazing. later kind of learned that like, I don't know. That can also be problematic because not everything has like a perfect narrative. <laughs> sure. Not everything is like a good story. Um, not everything has follows that like narrative arc, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, but I was thinking about it a lot. And I was also thinking about number five because I, uh, with all this alone time, I was really starting to wonder why he just never left the back of my mind over the last few years, um, even during such an amazing relationship with number 16. Mm-hmm. And I decided to send number five an email. And I will tell you guys more about that next time. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Can't wait. Thanks for listening to What's Your Number. This episode was produced by Olivia and Mariah. Music is by No Fancy. You can learn more about us and check out our blog at whatsyournumberpod.com. We are on Instagram at whatsyournumberpod and on Twitter at therewasthisguy. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, leave us a review wherever podcasts are found and subscribe to hear about more sexcapades. Sexcapades.